Welcome to That Shady Buffalo Podcast, a podcast about unimportant things that for some reason are important to us. I'm your host, David Cole, and this week we are talking about The Legend of Zelda. Super excited for this one. I've got three great guests with me. We've got Christian Stafford, Carson Stafford, and Tyler Reed. Tyler, start us off. Tell me what it is about Zelda that you love, and how did you come to be a big fan of Zelda? Well, I came to my, I won't say it was the first Nintendo 64 game I had, but it had to be at least the second or third. Like, I think I got Mario Kart and then Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Like, when I got my N64. And um, for the longest time, I thought that was that was Legend of Zelda. Like, it blew my mind when I found out there was stuff that came before that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but as like a six-year-old running around, not having any idea how to play this game, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's nostalgia for me. And yeah. then just learning how to properly play the games and just, I feel like it was a, uh, that Ocarina of Time kind of paved the way for like future open world like dungeon games you know oh yeah for like sure strategy puzzle games sure um christian what about you the legend of zelda is easy my number one video game franchise i love love the legend of zelda games for me i think i got my introduction at a later age playing on of all things the gamecube with um wind waker but also playing Super Smash Brothers was my yeah. kind of my introduction to the game. But after that, getting a little bit of a taste of how the games worked with Wind Waker, I knew I had to try had to try all the other games. So immediately started digging in, and before I knew it, I was neck deep in Legend of Zelda <laughs> and playing through playing through Ocarina and playing through a whole bunch of the other games. I just fell in love with them and it was kind of my introduction to the fantasy genre and to the open world genre and love them to this day. Yeah. Um, awesome. Carson, what about you? Yeah. So for me, um, I mean, sharing the same video games that Christian uh, had and sharing the same systems, it's not going to be too different. Uh, mine was, I honestly would more specifically relate mine to super smash brothers melee uh, yeah. because in that game, like I spent maybe more time playing the game as a kid than any other game. And, but what was cool about that game was you got all these really neat tidbits of Zelda lore sprinkled in. So you had like all the music, of course um, you had the characters, um, but then all like the trophies. And I actually, when I was younger, made it a point to 100% that game with all like the event matches and the trophies and with each of the trophies, which there's like hundreds of them. And there's like a bio for each one. And so like I was reading about all the different Zelda enemies and all the different Zelda characters um, and all things like that. And then you had some neat like things in the adventure mode in that game that kind of just, again, just trickled all that information. And then I actually never owned, like we never owned any of the GameCube uh, or really N64 games until I remember Christian bought... Um, on the virtual console on the Wii he bought Ocarina of Time and so that was like my first introduction to that and and then in terms of the other games I got into it pretty late but I got into it via emulation like on my Wii um, and I, I modded my Wii so I could play games on it 
um and that opened the door for wind waker twilight princess and all that stuff so that was kind of my journey to the franchise awesome yeah i started off when i was probably six or seven i don't know i couldn't have been because ocarina came out in 98 so i was nine or turning nine one or the other but my uncle dallas had an n64 before i did he also had a sega genesis before that and that was kind of my introduction to video games was mostly through him playing NBA Jam and Sonic the Hedgehog on the Genesis. And then he got the N64. And I think he only had Mario Kart and Ocarina of Time. And so I remember playing those games and watching him play Ocarina a lot because I didn't really know what I was doing in that game. And uh, a little bit later, one of my close friends, Garrison Carr, uh, he and I would play ocarina of time because he had an n64 and had ocarina of time and we would take turns playing dungeons and pass the controller back and forth and just play a single player game together which is really fun um and i I remember really liking that game i remember loving uh, the smash brothers games and loving playing as link but it was never really anything more to me than just like oh this is an ocarina of time thing until the trailers and stuff for wind waker came out and i bought the gamecube uh, I'm pretty sure right when it came out and bought Wind Waker when it came out. And that was one of the very first games I beat was what was Wind Waker. Um, it came out, I was around 13 um, and I could actually play games like this and not, you know, be a dummy. Like context of the little kid, David, playing video games. It took me legitimately hours to figure out that you had to jump into the paintings in Super Mario 64. Like I can remember like just like content to run around the castle and be happy like oh cool i'm in the castle this is so cool and i brushed a painting and saw it wave i was like oh that's a thing (laughs) okay you know i was nine or ten or whatever i was dumb (laughs) in terms of like video game like knowledge and what do you how do you even play you know the the more you play these kind of games the more you kind of get your feet wet and understanding all that so really like ocarina and then wind waker kind of drew me in um, at different times, I was more or less into the series, but um, somewhere around six or seven years ago, I started making it a uh, priority of mine to try to beat 10 different Zelda games. And I'm currently somewhere around 12 <laughs> that I've beaten. So uh, pretty big fan. And really, other than a couple of exceptions, love all these games. There's a few that I haven't played because I've heard they're not very good. And I don't want to taint my my experience uh but a lot of fun stuff so we're here to talk about our favorite games um as well as kind of looking to the future because the next zelda game will be coming out hopefully in just under a year from now or right around a year from now in uh, the spring of 2023 and we've seen some trailers and some footage um, have some idea of what's going to happen we don't even have a title yet so there's a lot of speculation going on about what this game could be about but we're excited as fans before we get into that though we're going to get into our top five lists so uh tyler go go five to one and just give me your top five list okay this was really tough <laughs> um five is skyward sword four wind waker three breath breath of the wild two twilight princess one ocarina of time okay um cool and then christian go next for us in preparation for this 
re rebuilding my top five list. I have pulled this thing apart and rebuilt it three or four different times just because it's so hard, so hard to pick. And my four and my five and my one and my two have flip flopped a half a dozen times here. (laughs) Um, But at number five, I have Link's Awakening. Um, That was one of my first introductions into the 2D Zelda games. From there, I have at four, Wind Waker. At three, I have Skyward Sword. I'm a sucker for a good uh, origin story. At two, uh, (laughs) this was hard. I I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I'm betraying one or the other. I'm betraying one or the other. At two, I have Breath of the Wild, and at one, I have Ocarina of Time. I go with the classic. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, okay, Carson, give me your uh, list if we can call it that. Yeah, you, you really can't <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, it's a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, I don't know even why I'm on this podcast right now. I just found out that I was doing this. No, I'm joking, but um. I have not spent that much time in Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time because I've been holding out for remakes. So I feel like I can enjoy those games to their fullest potential. They, with they my, have remakes with my boomer, with my with my uh, Gen Z. They already uh, made remakes on the 3DS. Ones that aren't made on a Game Boy. So uh, starting off at number five, I have the Link's Awakening Switch remake. Number four, Skyward Sword. Number three, Twilight Princess. Number two, Wind Waker. Number one, Breath of the Wild. Okay. You're actually pretty close to where I'm at on a couple spots. Um, My number five is Link to the Past. My number four is Ocarina of Time. Mm. (laughs) No. I know. My number three is Breath of the Wild. My number two is Twilight Princess. And that leaves my number one as Wind Waker. So, wow. yeah, we have some okay. diversity here, some stuff to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break, gather our thoughts, and come back and talk to you about the placement of these of these movies. I did it again. I did that before we started recording. I called them movies. I'm just kind of in, you know doing lots of movie episodes. So, anyways, video games. So we're going to gather our thoughts, come at you with our discussions on why we placed these games where we have them. So we'll see you in just a minute. Welcome back. So we're going to go through, um, we found out we have seven different games out of our lists here. So we're going to go through the seven games. We might throw in one or two other things here and there as we go along, but we're going to go through the seven games in release order. So that will lead us to start off with my number five, which is A Link to the Past. It came out in 1991. I was all of two years old and uh, obviously didn't play it when it came out, (laughs) but I played it. Not that long ago, actually, like six years ago, probably somewhere around there, when I was going through and trying to beat 10 Zelda games. And I remember playing it on the Game Boy, like the, the DS or the SD. The SD, what was the one that had the backlight? Yeah. The Game Boy Advance SD, is that what it was called? SP. 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 There we go. Because they re released uh, Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance. So I played it then, but I never beat it. Um, and when I went back through it and played it again, a few years ago, I really just fell in love with it. I think it's the best 2D Zelda game, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, there are a lot of people that have this game as the best Zelda game. 
at least they did before Breath of the Wild came out. I don't know if that's changed since Breath came out, but that's been like a game that many people will claim. I think it for 2D games kind of broke the mold on what you should expect out of a big sprawling 2D game. The way the map is basically doubled because of the light world, dark world aspects. Um, it already is a huge map anyways, especially given that it's an SNES game from 1991. Uh, and a lot of the tropes that you've come to know and love from Zelda are in this game. Uh, the original game, which I, I guess maybe we should have mentioned that game, but we can do that in a minute. Uh, the original game, some of the songs came from that, uh, like the dungeon aspect, some of the, many of the villains, like the enemies you fight came from that game. But a lot of the weapons come from Link to the Past and a lot of other things come from Link to the Past. A lot of the music comes from Link to the Past too, although a couple of the main themes do come from the original game. It's still um, an excellent game that I think holds up really well. I'm always, I'm always shocked when I look back at when it came out because it does not feel like a 20, what, 21-year-old game? Uh, no, a 31-year-old game. Holy cow, my math's way off there. A 31-year-old game. It doesn't feel like that at all. Um, it feels like it could have come out on like a Game Boy Advance, like 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 the one I played, uh, and not on the SNES. So, uh, any other thoughts from anybody else? That's I know at least a couple of you have played Link to the Past. Any other thoughts on uh, what you like about Link to the Past, and maybe why you didn't have it on your list though? I think one of the biggest reasons it missed the list for me was I've always struggled with the 2D Zelda games. This one has always been, of all of them, other than The Link's Awakening, which did make my list, has always had a big draw because so much of the Zelda lore comes out of this game. You've got, like you said, the music. This is where we're introduced to the Master Sword, which is yeah. one of the most central elements in Legend of Zelda going forward. Um, and it has you know, aspects that Ocarina of Time builds off of, Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess all pull and borrow from this game so heavily and um, fantastic game. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a whole else to say about it. Like it's really, really, if, you, if you're like someone like Carson that uh, uh, justly so in some ways struggle with older games, like if you're in your 20s and under a teenager and you're like, you know, maybe you love Breath of the Wild and you want to get into some older games, I think you could work your way into this game but it is not without its hurdles because it is a 31-year-old game. Uh, and so I think for it being that old, it does, not, it does not feel that old and it does hold up for me really well. But I can see younger people that are, you know, you just get spoiled, honestly, <laughs> by what you have now and the graphical ability that you have now. And uh, Breath of the Wild is in some ways actually very similar to this game. It's just, it's 3D. It's huge. And it's, you know, it's just, it just has a lot of things that, this game couldn't possibly have even dreamt of achieving. So uh, I think it as part of why I have it on the list is just like to honor those old games. So speaking of the old games really quickly, I have played and beaten the original. So if you have any other old heads here that have also played that game and are like, nobody had the original on their list. That's like the one, that's the one you have to honor the original game because it's the one that created it all. Yes, yes, it's also just a chore. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't like it. Um, it's iconic. It is. It is iconic. It's undeniable. Um, so many things that are 
that like, even if you love Breath of the Wild or you love Ocarina or whatever about Zelda that you love, it owes this game, the original, to some extent. So, um, but anything well, else? The Breath, of, the Breath of the Wild map is roughly based on the map for yeah. the original Zelda. Yeah, and that map has lots of different, and we'll get into that. But there's lots of different things that that map is referencing, uh, which is really cool. But um, any other things on Link to the Past or the OG Legend of Zelda game? Okay. Nope. <laughs> Let's get into <laughs> Link's Awakening. So Link's Awakening came out in 1993 and then was re-released on the Switch, uh, just polished and cleaned up. It's a different graphic style, different art style. Um, and that came out in 2019. So two different versions and Christian has it number five and so does Carson, but they have very different experiences so Carson tell us why you liked this game so this was one that I was pretty excited about because it was my first uh 2d Zelda game that I sunk a lot of time in um and this one really David kind of mentioned it earlier but when when David says I struggle with some of the older Zelda games I I guess that was kind of a double-sided burn calling saying that I need to get good at uh, the Zelda games that are hard, but he was mostly referring to these uh, in terms of visually, uh, and that is true. Um, like like he was just talking about a link to the past, like that game, visually it does hold up well, and I still struggled to like feel like I could get into it. Uh, but Link's Awakening was remade totally from the ground up. Um, visually, they kept all the gameplay is more or less the same, but it looks like a very new video game. And because of that, it made it a lot more approachable to me and it made me being willing to stick with it. Um, I feel like Zelda combat at times, it can be frustrating. Like you'll get hit from a weird angle because it's like you only really have four directions. So sometimes you're more, it's easier to take damage. And then because of that, you're like more prone to rage quit because it feels unfair <laughs> if you have multiple things coming at you from multiple sides or whatever. Um, but this game- Why do spin uh, attack? Yeah, <laughs> but this game, it, it typically that is a like a frustration of mine playing 2D games or 2D Zelda games, rather. Um, but visually, I was I, the visuals of this game helped me stay with it because um, it felt rewarding to play. And even those frustrating moments that I felt like I would experience frequently, they were limited uh, to being a very rare occurrence. And then beyond that, the game itself, it's a very just like this remake specifically, it's a very charming game. Yeah. Um, it's more lighthearted in some ways. Um, the art style especially makes it feel that way. And then they also sprinkled in a lot of like Mario Easter eggs, which is really fun. Uh, and so it is like, it's maybe the most, of all like the main Zelda games, it maybe is like the least Zelda-like of Zelda games. Uh, so it really stands out on its own. Um, and so, but yeah, this was my first 2D Zelda game and I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, were you aware a lot of those Mario references were in the original? Really? I, I was yeah. not. Yeah. Because you, know, you haven't played the original. No. Carson. But uh, like Christian. the chain comp. And yeah. The, those are, what yeah. are some of the, There's several. There's Goombas. Yeah. Uh, Goombas. There's a Yoshi doll. The Yoshi doll. Blast. Someone looks like Mario. One of the NPCs look like Mario a little bit. So mm -hmm. um, Carson's also not in Hyrule. Yes. I think it's, it's one of only a couple that are not in Hyrule. Or not like in a version of Hyrule. <laughs> so Carson's experiences all with the remake, Christian's experiences all with the original. So 
Um, Christian, speak to what you love about that original Game Boy game. So part of the reason that the original Game Boy game has so much charm for me is that's what the foundations of Legend of Zelda come from, are those classic 2D sides, or top-down scrolling games. And I think the biggest reason that Link's Awakening only made the number five for me was more the hardware restrictions available when I was exposed to it with the with the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. I just, for some reason, playing through that, I, I struggled with the game. I loved it so much in the, the actual gameplay and going through all the, all the quests and side quests and having those familiar elements from the Mario games. But the hardware restrictions, I think, really dampened the experience for me because while I was still exposed to video games on the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance, most of my experience was on the main flagship consoles. So I had, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle between you and Carson where I have experience to the older, older stuff, but I have more time and more hours in on the um, main console games. Yeah. So with that being the case, I also wanted to leave some optimism in it. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to pick up and play Link's Awakening in the remastered in the remastered version of the game. And I feel like everything that I've seen from it, everything that I've heard from it, um, could be, you know, it could bring some redemption for the game for me. Yeah, I think it's the the I've played both. I've beaten both. And to me, the the newer one is just a little bit better. But it's the same game. I mean, you're not missing anything necessarily, but it is. I think just a, a hair better. Um, this game for me, I, I'm it's super nostalgic. It's not quite as nostalgic as Ocarina, but it's close. Honestly, this is one of the first games I ever I ever played as a kid. The Game Boy was like my first console, I guess you could say. Even though you know, I don't know, it's handheld, whatever you want to call it. But I got I owned one of these. Well, you know, I owned a Game Boy before I owned an N64, and I had you know Tetris like everyone else did, and uh, a few other games, but one of the games I had was Link's Awakening, and I played those. I couldn't get into. I couldn't even get into the second dungeon, <laughs> where I could get all the way up to the first one and get through the first dungeon. And I would just replay that every few months, whenever I just like, you know what? I want to play that. I want to try that again. And I always was, even though I couldn't get very far into it, I always was captivated by it and drawn drawn to it. And then as a teenager, later on in high school, I did I did end up beating it, uh, and. I love both versions of it. It's it's a good game, but uh, didn't quite make my list. It's my number seven, so it was pretty close. And honestly, to me, there's you can argue there's eight. I think like is all the games worth, you know, if if you want to not give a nod to the original, then maybe nine, whatever. But there's a lot of really good Zelda games. So number seven is not a diss at all. But now we're gonna get into one of the big ones. Tyler's number one, Christian's number one, the Ocarina of Time. So Tyler, speak to why you have this one as your number one. I don't even know where to begin. I know. <laughs> also, um, my timeline was a little off, I think, because um, 98, I would have been at least eight or nine. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, as, a, as an eight or nine year old kid, um, I, I think when I first got this game, it took me several days just to find the Kakiri sword. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
but no, like this is one of those games, like I've literally played it so many times. I'm a walking strategy guide. <laughs> like any one of you guys could like be playing the game and text me and be like, Hey, I'm stuck at this spot. What do I do? And I could tell you what to do. <laughs> it's, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> um, this is the one, on this is the one I've played through. Like I've probably played through it now, not like to hundred percent, but just like beat all the dungeons and like yeah. done what you have to do. Um, like probably at least six or seven times, like yeah. just over the years. But uh, so, I mean, just purely for nostalgia, it's it's number one. And then, I, I mean, realistically, all, all my top three are really like 1.1, 1 1.2, 1 1.3, 1 because <laughs> it was really tough to to narrow it down. But I had to make Ocarina my number one. Yeah, makes sense. So, and I loved the whole uh, just the big plot twist when you find out like that you've jumped forward seven years and you're an adult now and yeah it's classic i i there were that was really a smart twist because so you had a link to the past a few years before seven years before and this game just couldn't based off of hardware limitations couldn't do a map um like probably not like it's, it's been, like you can't just do a like a double like as big as that I, I, i'm Trying to find the right word for it, but like links to the past, you have this huge map, and you can basically have an upside down flipped, like dark world version of it. It's also very different, but it's the same enough to kind of know what you're doing. Um, and I don't think they could have they couldn't just copy that, but they also couldn't make a map that was twice the size of Link to the Past. So the way that they get around it is they do the time jump, and in the time jump, the map is different because it's been seven years or whatever it's been. So like they can, they can, in a similar way to Link to the Past, make the map feel twice as big without it actually being twice as big, which is really smart, um, which is cool. Christian, what about you, though? Well, for me, Ocarina of Time, it, you know, it's, it's my number, number one on this list, and it just barely nudged out Breath of the Wild. The thing that pushes it over the edge for me is the nostalgia aspect. But this game is just a living video game work of art it's so good the the way the mechanics work with with the time shifts and how you can control time and you can teleport with the ocarina and you can control the time of day all of those aspects were brand new to me when i had played those and this is actually the first zelda game that i beat so for me, that was a, a big accomplishment. I was like, okay, I've got one under my belt. Let's go find more. Yeah, yeah. But most of the tropes that are in Zelda games, again, I thought were from this game that I learned later. It was actually um, from the previous game, but um, it's just so good. The biggest attractor for me was always that stupid water temple. Carson so when when you get when you get to that you on your playthrough talk to Tyler he'll help you but the payoff for that at the end of that getting to return to a shadow link fight and seeing that that boss battle on top of so many different other ones and then coming down to the final confrontation with Ganondorf and then into the beast Ganon 
just so many different things from the Zelda franchise that I had learned about, heard about, or seen pieces of, and finally getting that to come to life for me is what really set this game apart and really, really made this um, my number one pick. Yeah, I it's my number, what, number four, which might seem low to some people. <laughs> I think that it is an absolute work of art. One thing I can add that nobody else has said yet, the music is maybe the greatest video game soundtrack of all time. It's definitely in the conversation. And I don't think you can just be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's older, it's not orchestral, it's not whatever. What they do with the limitations of the hardware is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> it's insane. The number of tracks and songs that are uh, instantly recognizable by even non-Zelda fans, a lot of things come from this game that are that are like that. Um, and the music for me, it's my favorite Zelda soundtrack. I have it on C. I have a CD of the soundtrack, and it is it's my favorite for that. Carson, the, have you completed Ocarina? I just thought of this. No, no. Play the Shadow Temple in daylight. Yep. <laughs> play, that, play that one during the day. That one is absolute nightmare fuel. <laughs> I do. I do want to yeah. piggyback on something you said, David, about that soundtrack. What's so what's, what it makes that even greater is that because of the cartridges that Nintendo decided to use for the N sixty four system, while like Sony and Sega for the Genesis and PS one were using discs, is on those cartridges with such limited size, they had to take every bit of audio and compress it to this like super tiny form factor so the fact that they were able to make that like masterpiece banger of a soundtrack is like you said nothing short of a miracle just simply from like the technological aspect of size that they had to work with and i don't i don't i'm sure like the genius there was some crazy going behind that but Yeah, I mean, it's the same guy, Koji Kondo, that did Mario, all the Mario soundtracks. And if there's an iconic video game soundtrack that you know and love, there's a probably a 85% chance that he wrote it. <laughs> and he's like the John Williams of, of, of uh, video game soundtrack music. So um, that's a big part of it. The I, I do understand being turned off a little bit by the graphics if you didn't grow up with it. I think it's, it's, it's good. And I think the HD remake on uh, 3DS is cleaned up enough to like play through it the only difference is like if you play a switch game on handheld the only difference is like a couple inches of screen like an inch and a half of screen um it's very much the same to me so like i I think that's definitely doable if you're interested in it the number of times for me part of the detractor is that like i'm super nostalgic for the game so i i have no way of knowing if i'm just being blind because of that uh i also have played the game in terms of hours more than any of these other games maybe even combined but the problem is most of that time is spent in the first three or four dungeons i have played those first three dungeons with kid link probably 10 or 15 times and i've played the last few dungeons and beaten the game once (laughs) like i've played the water temple once and beaten it once um and so my experience with it is a little more limited than it is with Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Breath of the Wild, which are all higher on my list in terms of the late game. And while I do 
lo- I, I love the end battle with Ganondorf and with the Beast. I think it's either number one or number two in game fights for me. Um, maybe two or three. It's definitely at worst third. Um, and we'll get into that later, but it's at worst third. But a lot of the later t- temples I don't love. Um, I love the first three. And again, part of that's nostalgia. But if you're going off just which games have the best temples, I kind of prefer a couple other games. And uh, and it's also hard for me to know for sure how nostalgia blind I'm being. So <laughs> I'm trying to be fair to like Breath of the Wild and some of the newer games. So, you know, if this game, along with Majora's Mask, which there's been some rumors that we could have gotten an HD remake on the Switch of those two games, if that happens this this year or sometime soon because of the uh, delay of the next Breath of the Wild sequel, there's a chance, and I'll, I'll, first of all, there's a 100% chance that I'm going to play through it again, but there's a chance that that pushes the game higher on my list. So um, any other last thoughts on Ocarina? Okay. <laughs> so let's go on to um, my number one, Wind Waker. So uh, I dinged ocarina a little bit because i wasn't sure how i was how much nostalgia i was factoring in and i just did, did not do that at all with wind waker <laughs> so i guarantee you there's some nostalgia here but this is probably the first game i ever beat all the way through uh, i've beaten it a couple times I, I, i've played all the way through the hd version and the original version and both of them are great uh i preferred the hd version because they make sailing a little bit easier and they make some of the stuff at the end of the game a little simpler but this game is gorgeous. I think it holds up really well. I think the art style, um, while it was criticized when it was first revealed because people wanted something similar to Ocarina and Majora, I think it holds up significantly better than those two do. I love those games. They're, they're great. But like this art style to me is probably going to be timeless. And so whereas like Ocarina feels and looks like an N64 game, uh, uh, Wind Waker to me just feels like a video game. Like if you, if I like just forgot w- which system it came out on, whether it was Wii or Wii U or, you know, GameCube or whatever, it just feels like a video game that's kind of timeless. So that's part of why I love it. It is, I think the biggest knock on it is that it's a little easier. It's a little more simple, but I kind of like that to some extent. The puzzles to me aren't any, aren't like significantly easier, but the gameplay is a little easier because of the, the fact that the combat, while I do love the combat, combat's very simple um it's very much just like push the button at the right time dodge and roll and and make sure that you're in position to attack like from the back or from the side or wherever you're supposed to be uh which is a little easier than like ocarina or several games on our lists here so um and i do love the music on this one too it's different enough and i I do love it but carson it's your number two so tell me why you also loved um, Wind Waker. So Wind Waker comes in at my number two spot, a large part in because it just nails the things that I want in a Zelda game. Um, and then a big part of this one for me is also that I'm not nostalgic for it really at all. Um, I played it, I think for the first time in like 2016, 2017. And then now I'll revisit the HD version every like every other year or so. And it's like a nice quick game that you can pick up. It's not super hard. So it's not some daunting task to complete. Like you can do it in a weekend. And um, the music, the, anything, whether it's any form of like movies, video games, anything, uh, tone 
and setting are super important to me. And the way this game captures those and uses contrasting tones yeah. uh, and moods in this like beach fun, like sailing setting. Um, I think I think it's safe to say that this and Ocarina have the two best soundtracks of any Zelda game. I, agree, um, yeah. I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. universal agreement of thing for Zelda fans. So that's a huge plus for it. And then in terms of the difficulty of it, I don't like I don't play Zelda games to be like challenged really yeah um and so like i don't mind that it's easier and really sometimes and i'll I'll kind of reference this in an for another game um that we'll talk about but there's not really any moments like i feel like this game like the trap that a lot of games fall into is they're hard in spots for all the wrong reasons and (laughs) this game just kind of avoids that altogether and is like we're not going to try anything dumb we're just going to kind of do what we do um, and just give you the most fun environment. We're going to give you like a ship and you're going to team up with some pirates and some parts and visit these fun little towns and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and like you said, the two, honestly, the two biggest issues I have with the game, um, wh- which are like just the amount of time you spend staring at the TV, waiting to get from point A to point B is more so- or less fixed with the Swiss sale and um, in the HD version. Yeah. And then even worse than that is the fact that I think with, so like the late game stuff that I believe you're referring to is you need like tons of money to get the last uh, charts to like complete the game basically. And you have to purchase them in order to beat the game. Um, but in the HD version, they basically make it. So instead of needing to buy all eight of those, you can find like five of them and then you can buy three of them. And, uh, and the reason why it's not as big of an issue in this game is because like the way they do the wallet upgrades and everything, it's not like you're like, it's just easier to attain that money and you don't spend all this game just like going around and farming for money, basically. Yeah. Um, and so like the two biggest issues with the game are more or less totally taken out. So that's why it's so high on my list. Yeah. The HD version is, is a, is an improvement gameplay wise, even though it's not a massive difference. Um, it's definitely if you're gonna play one of them, I would definitely just pref- just push you to that one if if you can get a hold of a Wii U, <laughs> which is always the problem. Uh, Tyler, uh, for you it was number four, right? Yes. So tell me um, about your feelings on Windmaker. Yeah, so I've actually never played the HD version, but I knew that those were things that had been fixed on it. Yeah. Because um, I actually, me and a friend of mine actually replayed this one a couple of years ago um, on GameCube. So had to sit there and wait to sail across the ocean and find all the Triforce pieces by paying for them and all of that fun Uh, stuff. But um, that was like the two main things that, that made it lower, which obviously the HD version fixes that. But um, I just remember when this game came out, I would have been like 12 or 13. It was the first 3D Zelda game to come out since Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Um, And I was like so excited for it. And at first I was extremely disappointed because it didn't look anything like Ocarina of Time. And at the start of the game, it feels totally different from Ocarina. Like there's no Hyrule, there's no Zelda, there's no Ganondorf, you know, all this stuff. And 12-year-old me, when you get to that kind of halfway point in the game where you find out that Tetra is Zelda and that Hyrule is underwater, like completely blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. And got me so hyped. (laughs) Um. Oh, and my other thing, Tower of God, Tower of the Gods is yeah. like one of my favorite dungeons, like on the yeah, whole like series. Yeah, me too. So, 
Um, Christian, what about you? I had the Wind Waker at number four as well. Um, Wind Waker is just an absolute joyride. This game is so much fun. Like, yeah. if you want to get a Zelda fix, but you don't want to have to worry about a super hard boss fight or a dungeon that just, like Carson said a minute ago, that just is hard for no reason, <laughs> um, then Wind Waker is absolutely the way to go. Um, the art style is just this, that's the cell shading is just such a fun mm -hmm. new aspect to the game. Um, one of the interesting things about this one, I think more than some of the others is how in some of the other games you have like, here, are, here are all the important people go. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, the the set pieces slowly start to get pulled in, you know, yeah. here's, here's Link and he's on outset Island and he's just a kid who lives here. And then you get Tetra pulled in on a pirate ship and you get Ganondorf coming in, who is so different from any other Ganondorf you've ever met yeah, in any sure. of the other games. Like he's this almost almost kingly, like very regal yeah. like wizard, wizard instead of just this kind of sketchy, real bad dude. But you're still but he, he still manages to be scary just in a different way. He's a smart kind of scary. Yeah. And this game, you know, I just enjoyed playing through it so, so much. And is is this the first Zelda game that introduces Beetle? Yeah. I think, so. I think this is the first appearance of Beetle. Makes sense. So I know he's not in Ocarina. I can't remember if he's in no. I don't he's not Majora. in Majora, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I think it's the first think so. one. First yeah. appearance of Beetle. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this the first Tingle? No, Tingle is in, is in uh, Majora. Tingle is in Majora. Yeah, yes. I forgot about him being in the very beginning, or not the very beginning, but close to the beginning. Um, all standalone games. We're not going there. <laughs> no. Those aren't canon. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, doesn't doesn't count. Okay, so Wind Waker, one, one of my favorites. We're gonna go on to another one of my favorites, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess was my number two, Tyler's number two, and Carson's number three. For Twilight Princess, I actually came to it kind of late. I owned it on the Wii and started it and some reason never got into it all the way part of it was when i got the wii and got this game i got like several games all at once all at uh christmas break and i just didn't really get to it and then by the time i had more time to play it it was like just got kind of fell behind my backlog of games and i just kind of didn't ever didn't ever play it really and then by the time that i was wanting to come back and play it like Wind Waker HD had come out and the Wii U stuff was coming out. So I was playing other stuff and just never got around to it until they re-released it on H in HD for the Wii U. And for a while, this is my number one Zelda game. And this is the one that like, for me right now, I have Wind Waker, but it's kind of 1A and 1B for me. Like these two are my favorite one and two games. And then there's a step down and then it's Breath of the Wild and Ocarina are kind of like, 2a and 2b and then link to the past um so for me my favorite combat in all of zelda is twilight princess it manages to balance out the things i like in wind waker and the things i like in ocarina and kind of streamline all of this so it you slowly learn through these meetings with the hero with the a fallen hero or I don't know, they call him something specific but whatever uh, the hero shade. of time or something like the hero that shade well, it's like the hero of time. I think it's supposed to be yeah, like it's, some it's kind of a shade of Ocarina's Link. Ocarina's Link, yeah. 
And so he teaches you these moves. And so as you go along, you learn more and more different combos and ways to combat enemies. And it, it adds to the repertoire of what you get in Ocarina, but makes them feel a little bit more fluid and a little more responsive. Uh, there are times in Ocarina where I'm like, I'm trying to do what I know I'm supposed to be doing here. And it's just not working for me. I don't know if it's my pro a problem, like a problem on my end, or if it's just the game being old and not quite as clean as what I'm used to um, in terms of like response times and that kind of thing. And, you know, whatever else. Um, but for me, especially, especially the HD version of Twilight Princess, um, I never had those issues and the, the combat always felt really good. Um, unlike another game that tries really hard to make you feel like you're Link, this is the one that makes me feel like I am, I am in control. I am Link. I'm the puppet master and he's the puppet. And what I want him to do, he's doing every time I want him to do it. Um, I also love the story. Minda's really fun and like a, a weird little twist on the story and how they tie in her shadow world into Hyrule and bring Ganondorf in the middle of all of that. I really like the story there. Some people, don't, some people don't love how it's trying really hard to be dark. Whatever. It came out at a time where it was kind of like cool to be edgy and dark. And I don't think it's trying that hard to be edgy and dark. It just kind of happens to have some dark themes in it. But honestly, most of these games have some of so that. Is Majora. So Majora. Like Ocarina, Majora, a lot of these games. Breath of the Wild has some dark stuff in it. Like They all have their fair share of that kind of stuff. So um, to me, it's a little bit like out of context to just blame this game for that. And this is also my favorite end fight scene. The fight scene with Ganondorf in this game is my favorite end of um, like end boss, I guess, of, of, of a Zelda game. So um, all that stuff together, like I'm almost talking myself into just making it my, my number one. So like it's basically the same difference. So yeah, I'll just, just to be, I, mean, I guess nobody else has Wind Waker number one either. So whatever, my list is Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. They're the, I like them about the same. That's just for that. That's a quote there, just for John Chadon. So, whenever he gets to this, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so, Tyler, you also have Twilight Princess number two. So, why do you uh, why do you love this game? Basically, all of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I mean, again, going back to like when this game came out, it felt like just a darker, cleaner version of Ocarina of Time. Like the graphics were more updated. Yeah. Um, the only, especially in hd the only thing that i never was like i loved the, the like later when you can transform between wolf and human link yeah but i was never a fan of the beginning sections where you had to be wolf link where you're like, stuck you, yeah. right those parts always bug me um but overall like i like quite a few of the dungeons on this game um so i loved he... actually getting a like i always just loved especially as a kid like finding like different games versions of like landmarks that you saw in older games like temple of time yeah. or like the the final i guess you'd call it the final dungeon in this game is one of my favorites too like getting just this massive like actually realistically sized hyrule castle you know instead of like a small courtyard and <laughs> like you yeah. get an ocarina of time but just that being a whole dungeon um and then like you said the the final boss sequence is just amazing like just the whole three part you get uh you kind of cover all the bases you get the the classic like dead man's volley and then you fight like a beast ganon or actually it's four parts isn't it 
I just thought about thought about that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because there's it the is... there's the horse like out in the field. They yeah. you get like the little horse fight, and then you end it with just a classic like just a sword fight. Hand to hand, yeah. Yeah, I really love that it. Uh, Wind Waker also also does the same thing, and and to me, my favorite in fight scenes are Wind Waker. I fight like boss fights. Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and um, Ocarina. Um, and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess both end with just you and Ganondorf with swords. And I, yeah. I I like that as a more clean ending versus like fighting the giant beast in other games, which is it's fine, but like, I I like to end it with just you and Ganondorf. Um, also the items in this game having like some really they have some really unique items, which is a big Zelda thing is is you know having these different items. Uh, this is maybe the most unique item set like the spinner and the yeah. ball and chain and I had a note really on here for things. the. The I wasn't like it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite boss battles, but it was just so unique, like the Arbiter's Ground boss where you're yeah. on the spinner jumping back and forth uh, with the the Stall Lord or whatever he yeah. was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the name I think. And that was I loved that cutscene after that level two where you uh, you kind of get a little bit of a backstory into like what actually happened to Ganondorf. Yeah, it's a cool cutscene, um, cool, and cool how he lore. got sent to the Twilight Realm and all that. So, yeah. Um, it's also Carson's number three. So Carson, I don't know if we left any meat on the bone, but go for it. You really didn't. I thought I got one <laughs> with the fun items. That was like the oh, first sorry. that I had on it, but then you even stole that from me last minute. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll start there. Uh, I guess um, the items in this game, you can, what I like about the items in this game is that you can find other uses for them sprinkled throughout the game. Even it, not not the spinner as much, but like, if you want to use the ball and chain just to like fight some enemies that are slower, you can just yeah. like one shot them. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you have armor. That doesn't matter. Yeah. I have, I, have a, I have a giant metal ball. Yeah. I was like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, so like, and it's, so it's fun to use those. Um, this, I think this Zelda game maybe has, it's tough because like a lot of enemies in Zelda games overlap, but I think this game has the most unique and maybe some of my favorite Zelda enemies, like common enemies. Yeah. Um, overall, I really enjoyed those. Um, the dungeons I feel like are this and this and Wind Waker are just so consistent. Um, so, but this game has a lot of good dungeons and it's the only Zelda game with a good water temple. Um, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, it, I, um, I do like this water temple in this game uh, the the boss fights are, are for the most part all really uh a lot of fun mm-hmm. and and actually one of my favorite boss fights in all of zelda which i don't know if this is a hot take but when you fight zant uh, oh, i love it that yes. is legitimately one of i think that's my favorite boss fight i like it more than the ganondorf fight oh wow nice uh, in this game because and part of that is because the issue with a lot of Zelda games, this isn't like a big thing, but it's a slight knock on a lot of Zelda games that they kind of miss out on is that it's like, okay, you have this item, you'll use it for the, it's like every dungeon has the same theme, basically. It's like you go in, get the map, get the compass, find your item, use that item to get to the mini boss, um, mini boss, and then big boss, like, and, and you use the item to traverse the dungeon. But in this game, you can reuse those items, but in that fight with Zant, you basically, he has some similar aspects. He kind of summarizes all the dungeon uh, fights. And so you have to use those items in the different phases of that fight. So I thought that was a really creative twist to like kind of tie in some of those items that you hadn't used in a while. So I really like that. 
Um, and then there are some, uh, Tyler, you mentioned it about like not really liking the parts where you have to play as Wolf Link, like that part of the gameplay loop, I didn't really love. So that for me is a small knock on the game. And then there's this segment, which David made fun of me the first time I was at it, but there's this segment in the game where you're on like horseback and you basically have to like chase down <laughs> this other person who's on horseback. And, and I was just doing this for legitimately three hours. And I felt like I was getting so frustrated to the point where like, I couldn't get, like, I was trying to do like the Z targeting thing. And for some reason, I don't know if it was like, I don't want to blame it on the controller, but it was like, it was like, it would not Z target. Or poor workman blames his tools. Yes. And, and so, and it just like, was not working. I would, I would get to the mm. same spot. Like it wasn't like the fight itself was hard, but it was like, I legitimately could just could not do what I wanted to do um but just at that part the other aspects of the game were fine yeah because uh, i know david you said that that was something that you really liked but just that part like i was getting so frustrated <laughs> um but between like the, a moment like that and then some of the gameplay loops um i kind of had this tendency in some zelda games which as much as i like them they're all like kind of get bored with a segment of gameplay and then i'll go like a while without playing it and then come back and that happened to me with this game um, where like I kind of reached like I was in that gameplay loop of where you have to be Wolf Link and I wasn't really enjoying part of it and so I didn't feel like as motivated to come back and pick it up um, and then once I finally got past that I really enjoyed it um, but that's kind of why it's right in the middle of my list has a lot of really great things but a couple things that I uh, make it a little bit less enjoyable than my top two. Um, one more positive and then one negative that I forgot to mention before we move on a big part of Zelda any game or the NPCs, the non-playable characters, whether they are just like background characters that you don't even have to interact with or whether they're people like Princess Zelda or Ganondorf. Twilight Princess has my favorite NPCs. Um, the town that you like grow up in because in this one, in some, some games, Link is like a, almost like a mythical figure where he's like the hero of time and he's, you know, even in Ocarina, yeah, he's, he's from a town. He's like from a town of weird people and even amongst the weird people he's special but like in in twilight princess he's just a kid on this farm town he's no one special he just is like a, a nice guy and he is in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time and steps up to the plate and becomes a hero uh which is a cool story and the people around him feel very authentic and just genuine like real people um and for that i love it uh, um, there is a small problem with the HD version in Carson. I think, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has played the HD version other than me and Carson, but a big part of Zelda is opening and finding chests and finding items and money and all kinds of different cool things in chests to the point where that chest opening music is iconic. The HD version adds in like probably a hundred chests that are just stamps of letters for the Miiverse letters or like, pictures of zelda's face or link's face or like the wolf link and i'm just like oh cool a chest oh it's a stamp oh, no. <laughs> like so many times where i'm like oh cool i found a hidden chest oh it's just a stamp in, in that, that actually no like gameplay people, use yeah some people and some people might say like oh that's not that big of an issue but for me it actually was because i didn't feel incentivized to explore for those extra heart pieces or whatever because i would much rather just go into the next part of the game with less health uh than just like a bunch of stamps and maybe two extra pieces of heart <laughs> like like i didn't it didn't feel worth it because like i didn't like it yeah. wasn't going to be rupees or it wasn't necessarily going to be pieces of heart like there was like 
odds are it was going to be a stamp. And I was like, that's a loss I'll take. <laughs> well, I just skipped that part of exploration. He finished the game with four hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another I, side I, note. Go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I remembered this. Um, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the GameCube version is slightly easier than the Wii version. Um, Cause I played the GameCube version cause I didn't get a Wii like for a little while. And one of my friends in high school had it on Wii and I went over to their house and was playing. So it reminded me of it was that part with the horse um, where you're, you're like having to protect like yeah. a car or something. Cart, yeah. And, a carriage. and I remember I breezed through that part on GameCube, like no problem. And when I was playing that same section on Wii, it took me like four or five tries to get it. Like it was significantly more difficult. Yeah. I forgot about that whole GameCube Wii version thing because the Wii version I think you had to use motion controls for some things, and the GameCube version you they didn't have yeah. the option. So and then it is also <laughs> flipped too. And yeah, and also yes, it and was, it's flipped. It's it's motion controls, but it's also flipped. So it was it was a strange thing. So I had that version. So that's probably that is probably part of why I didn't get into it. The HD version you don't have to use motion controls though. So I played it with just straight normal controls. Um, speaking of motion controls, so perfect segue, Tyler. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The next game, <laughs> Skyward Sword. Um, not on my list. It's my number eight, um, which is low for some people I know. Um, it, it is Carson's number four, Tyler's number five, and Christian's number three. So, uh, first of all, Carson, I thought you were going to have it higher than that, but I guess you can speak to that a little bit because Christian has it number three. So, Christian, tell me why, what you like about Skyward Sword. So, for me, Skyward Sword, it was you know, the introduction of the motion controls, which like them or hate them, it was new and innovative for its time. Um, so having that new gimmick in the game was something that was always interesting. And for me, more than anything, with Skyward Sword, this was kind of my, my weird pick because it's probably of the games on my list, the one that I have the least amount of time dedicated towards. But the the story and the lore behind this game with it just being the yeah. origin of everything in the Legend of Zelda and this being the first story in the timeline and how yeah. everything started you, know, you get the beginnings of Ganondorf and Ganon how he came to be and the original the legend of Princess Zelda and of the hero and of the goddess Hylia and how the Master Sword really came to be yeah are all huge points of lore and for me in video game series a good story will save so much yeah and I, i'm the, the type that likes to you know outside of the things that happen outside of the video game either in you know surrounding works or stories or whatever i'll track that stuff down and i'll eat that stuff up <laughs> so for me the story and the lore building in Skyward Sword is what really brought up this high for me. Awesome. Um, Christian, or sorry, Christian. Carson, you have number four, right? So um, me, you and I have talked about this game off air even before <laughs> you got an HD uh, remake. So tell me what it is that you liked about it. I kind of, I kind of thought you were going to have it number two or number three. So uh, what, first of all, what's good about it, but also like why number four? So for me, I really like this game because it, in some ways, it almost 
this might sound weird, but hear me out. I don't, of all the games on my list, this feels like the most Zelda game um, when compared to Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker. Like Breath of the Wild, it shakes up the whole genre. Doesn't We'll get to that, but it doesn't have traditional dungeons. Wind Waker, totally different art style. Twilight Princess is a very Zelda game. That's probably the next closest one. Link's Awakening is also kind of different. But Skyward Sword, the way it has, um, like, between the unique side characters, the dungeons, just, like, the lore and the world that you're operating in, um, it it just feels very authentic, like Legend of Zelda. So, I, And that's part of what I love about it. And it does so without relying on, like, it tells origin story, like Christian said. It gives the origin story for a lot of what you get in Hyrule. Um, so that's... And it's super creative in terms of Skyloft and the loft wings and how it tells that story. It's not just like, oh, it's the same thing, but set before all that. Um, it does a lot of unique things, which I appreciate. The art style is phenomenal. I think it's only rivaled by Wind Waker in terms of unique art styles that I like in of Zelda games. Um, it like it kind of has this like watercolor pastel uh art style to it which is really neat um and then you can so i specifically have the hd version and the hd version did cut down on a lot of any like times where like the controller would get out of sync and the motion controls weren't right on um but even times like where that affected gameplay which they were very few but in zelda games i feel like a lot of times especially if you're playing an older one there'll be times like where you'll fall off from a high cliff just because the controller you're using is 20 or 30 years old. And so it's like, oh, this is kind of hard to control anyway. Um, and so I feel like Skyward Sword didn't have that any more or less than any of the other Zelda games, really, um, at least with the new controls. Um, and then there were a couple, there's one other thing. Um, oh, then the way this uh, game kind of ties together the whole like impa um master sword things um it's super zelda. creative yeah in the use of zelda it was super creative and it felt like i feel way more invested in this story uh in this narrative than any other zelda game um and it's not i wouldn't even say it's even really close twilight princess does maybe have as much of that being told but i enjoy it more in skyward sword just because it's it's a lot more emotional um, and it also has one of my favorite Legend of Zelda tracks. Uh, it's the gate theme. I don't know if you know which, if any of you know what I'm referring to, but there's the gate of time theme is one of my absolute favorite Zelda tracks. So there's just, I know I've been rambling, but there's just so many different things that I just like enjoy about this game. And so like, just like when I'm playing it, you're in Skyloft or whatever. It just, it feels right. And so, and then you have Groose. So no other Zelda game has Groose. That's true. He's pretty good. Um, Tyler, I'm your number five. So what are your thoughts? Yes. So the only reason this game got bumped up to number five in place of Majora's Mask is because of the remake. <laughs> um, when I, th this is one of those games that I was always so conflicted with when it first came out because I absolutely love the story, like getting the origin story um, against some of my favorite dungeons in the whole series are in this game. But I had so many issues with the controls when I first played this game to the point where there were some times where I would just be like shaking the remote to kill somebody because I couldn't get the sword to sync up the right way. Um, 
and I technically actually never beat uh, Skyward Sword until last night because it I had so many like because of how you have to fight demise at the end doing the yeah. Skyward Strike and all that and with you having to hold that Wiimote just right to get it to click in I kept dying because yeah. it was hard to do that and move and so I ended up just giving up and watching the ending on YouTube <laughs> Um, so I'd already knew how the game ended all this time, but I finally was actually able to beat the game last night, uh, literally finished it last night, um, on the switch, but yeah, um, I had forgotten how much I loved, uh, I don't, I guess you consider it a dungeon. It doesn't have a boss, but the sky keep like at the very end, mm -hmm. yeah. um, it was one of those dungeons. Like there's really not a whole lot to it. It's just a good old, like puzzle. Yeah. where there's not a, like actually moving through the rooms isn't difficult but figuring out how to maneuver those rooms and just finishing it like was super satisfying like <laughs> yeah um and then the uh which boss was it oh i can't remember what it's called but the boss in the ancient cistern dungeon is one of my favorite bosses he was like had the big metal guy that had all the arms yeah you had to, you had to like use six, the sword six, has six yeah. swords and yeah and you had to use one robot. of his swords to like beat him yeah so that, that's a that's a yeah one of the best bosses in all of zelda yeah so for me <laughs> i'm the one that doesn't have it on my list like tyler i had problems with the game in the first release there's not really a big fan of motion controls in games that are not designed around it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like fun party games or games like uh, Snipper Clips that are like designed around 100% the functionality of the motion of the controller. Um, so like a game, like a Mario game that throws it in or a Zelda game that throws it in. I'm usually not a big fan of it. And I was not a fan of Skyward Swords for that reason. The story is really good. Um, art style, I like a lot. I love Skyloft. There's a lot of interesting characters and the NPCs up there. Then you can go do side quests. There are really good side quests in the game. Some good dungeons, some good bosses. Um, so when the HD version came out and they made it optional to use motion controls, I was really excited. My issue is that they made it optional, but what you do that's not technically motion controls is still kind of motion controls. Because instead of tilting the controller up and down or left and right, you just push the control stick up and down and left and right. And it's just like a automatic, it's like a manual version of what you were doing with your whole arm and whole hand. And I'm just not a fan of that. I just realized it's like not even about the functionality of it, like whether it's working or not. It's just like, I want to have a controller. I want to use the sticks to control the camera in my person walking around and I want to use the buttons to command different actions uh, out of link. I don't want to use the stick to make the, because they, they, they would have had to have reworked the whole game because the sword play is designed to be motion control. And so that's never going to change unless they foundationally change the game. So for me, it doesn't, like the whole purpose of it is like to make you feel like you are the one with the sword and the shield in your hand. But like, I'm never going to feel that way unless you give me a sword and give me a shield and let me just do whatever I want with those two things. So like having a controller, even if it's two joy cons or if it's the two hand, the two hand, Wii controller, it just don't, it doesn't feel like I'm 
holding a sword and a shield. So I'm, so it, it still feels very much like a game. It's just a game that I'm doing these weird gimmicky controls. And the, they just are, that's not what I want. I want to like have input, like push a button and it does what I want it to do. Um, because even still playing through the HD version, and I haven't finished it yet, but I'm about halfway through and I just get so frustrated at the combat because I know what I need to do in terms of like, okay, I need to slice this bad guy left to right across the middle of his body. And so I'll go to try to do that and I'll just do it just a little bit off and it won't, it'll just it'll, it'll do like a diagonal strike or a, something different, you know, and remembering all these different combinations of what directions to push the analog stick or the control stick, I guess, um, make me like hesitate just a, just long enough to get hit half the time where I'm like overthinking, like, okay, is it left or right or is it up and down or trying to remember all the different stuff. And I thought like, oh, well, you know, I'm rusty. I'll, I'll get down a few dungeons and I'll get used to it. I'm like halfway through the game by now. I'm, I'm like far enough in that I shouldn't be rusty anymore. And I'm still just like, these controls just are not going to be for me. I'll come back to the game. I'll finish the game. But uh, I, I cannot judge it fairly because I'm so weighed down by my personal feelings on the controls that I'm just like, gosh, I just can't get over it. I was really hoping I could get over it. I just couldn't. So unfortunately for me, that's the one, the one person that doesn't have it on my, um, my list. But so we have one game left to talk about, Breath of the Wild. But we're going to go ahead and take one more break, come back, talk Breath of the Wild, as well as our thoughts on the potential sequel coming out next year. And welcome back. So we have one more game on our top five lists, and we realized out of all you know, 20 possible slots you have for games, we had five games. Um, we had three games that three, three of us had and two that four of us had. Ocarina of Time, three of us had. Wind Waker, four of us had. Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, three of us had. And then the last one here, Breath of the Wild, we all four had. So it was my number three, as well as Tyler's number three. Christian's number two, and Carson's your number one. So go ahead and lead us off on what's so good about Breath of the Wild. So everything <laughs> so good about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Not necessarily. But um, so obviously it's like revolutionary game, uh, very critically acclaimed. I think it has one of the best like Metacritic scores for any video game ever. Um, but all those things aside, obviously you have the open world aspect, which was totally new for Legend of Zelda as much as you can kind of praise Wind Waker for having an open world and it kind of being one of the first games to do that um, and, it, and it was fun Twilight Princess had Hyrule Field but even Wind Waker and Twilight Princess still felt pretty empty to me uh, Breath of the Wild is not um, does not feel empty to, to me at all um, it's like everywhere you go there's something to do um, and earlier I alluded to a kind of issue that I tend to have with Zelda games and that sometimes like the gameplay loop will sometimes feel monotonous and it'll after a couple times feel like a chore almost and it doesn't feel as motivating to come back to the game but this game I never felt that once like I got Breath of the Wild and I did not want to put it down 
until like I until I beat the game and even after I beat the game I was like oh well I still got to go do all this other stuff I still have to go explore these other areas of the map and all these like cracks and crevices to find uh, cool stuff and so that is kind of what makes this game stand out for me I get the um, some complaints with it obviously it could use tra traditional dungeons but to me um, even like I think that speaks volume as to how great it is in other areas um, and in terms of just like drawing you in just the fact that it can abandon one of the most not it, I guess it doesn't totally abandon it you still have the shrines and everything but it's not the same um, but although it can kind of abandon some of those core Zelda features of the dungeons and of that of the typical like item dungeon dungeon map mini boss it can abandon that formula which I think is a pretty ambitious um way to tackle this game and it still works so so well um and this my complaints for this game are very minimal and this is a game that like if i ever want to just like wind and relax down i'll go into the settings and turn on the pro uh mode so it turns off all of like your hud details and you can just like i'll walk around turn the vault i'll crank the volume on my tv or put in headphones and plug them into my switch and just like walk around and hear like the birds and the rain and all that stuff like it's actually very relaxing it sounds yeah. like like if you're not if you haven't played this game that's going to sound crazy it's like get a life go outside um, <laughs> touch but, grass. yeah touch grass um but this game like you can do that in this game and it and touch it grass provides yeah you can touch you can cut grass too um and and so it just it provides you to do that for a long uh, time and so it's just, it lands almost on every front for me. And even the areas where it could use improvement, I'm like, because of what it accomplishes and because it's so new um, of a take on Zelda that I just, I don't really care about the, what, what's missing, so. Yeah, Christian. Well, I think of all the things this thing does differently, one of the most important things that the Breath of the Wild keeps is leave the chickens alone. <laughs> no i'm kidding an i'm kidding of zelda yes. games. an important lesson that every zelda player has learned at one point or another leave the chickens alone but in all seriousness um the breath of the wild just narrowly missed being my number one as well that almost dethroned ocarina of time as my favorite zelda game just the sheer size of this map when, when the game was released it was the top one or two maps for, for just its size of any video game period. And having all of the references to the other Zelda games where you can go to the Temple of Time and it's the same, but it's not. Like if you've played Ocarina of Time, you can go you can go to go to Temple of Time and it's the same, but it's not it's not. So you remember the is a shadow of what you remember from ocarina of time yeah or all these different locations that show up like you can there's a portion in the desert that's the arbiter's ground or all these other different locations that you remember from all these other games that are set in the distant past in ocarina of time or in skyward sword or in twilight princess so breath of the wild just is absolutely captivating the minute you you step out the minute link walks out of that cave and you wake up and you just kind of walk out that first clip and you see the whole world open up for you um 
just seeing that that moment in the in the promotional footage just i was hooked and wanted to wanted to play this game and this is easily the game that i have the most most hours dedicated towards most playthroughs for and i still you know find something new almost every time i play yeah and i just i just love the even though you know i've completed all the main missions there's still so much other stuff to do. And even if it's not an actual quest, there's like going and doing something fun in the game. It's, you know, the map is your oyster for this game. Oh yeah, for sure. Tyler? Strictly the only reason this isn't higher is nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> like, I get that. I get like that. Christian said, like it's just, it's just so like barely number three. And one of the things that, that makes it just slightly lower is I, I do miss the dungeons. Me too. And you kind of get those in the shrines and the divine beasts, but it's still not quite the same. Not the same. Um, but like Carson said, it, it, where it doesn't have that, it makes up for having just this extremely massive, super interactive open world. Um, I remember it might have been after the game came out or right before it came out, I had watched a video where there was a couple of the developers talking and they actually had to tone back the realism on the game because they did a test run. And there's like a, I think in the version they were testing, there was like a bow and arrow that the, you were supposed to run out and find. And they had the, the realism so high that the bow and arrow had blown away from the wind and he couldn't find it. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, we need to tone this back a little bit. <laughs> so like just hearing that and like how much detail they put into this game and, and you like it shows um yeah. you can make your own path like oh for sure you don't want to walk down the path you can just if you have enough stamina you can just climb over a mountain yeah. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and cut straight through um like it's just one of those games you can just run around and explore and it's such yeah. a massive map and and the enemies it's it's like some of the enemies like you just have this sense of accomplishment when you beat them and it's just it's not like a boss or anything it's just like a Lionel in a field, you know, and, and like, I remember the first time I actually killed a Lionel, like I felt so accomplished because <laughs> <laughs> it like, they're so like, if you don't know what you're doing, like, it's like, I remember the first one I came across, like when you're going to one of the divine beasts, I was like actively trying to avoid him because yeah. I knew I would get killed like immediately. Mm -hmm. So, or like that miniature anxiety attack you have when the piano music changes and a guardian locks on. you. Yes. Yeah. The first yes. time you ran across one of those things was absolutely terrifying when i first started playing i like refused to go to the labyrinths because i knew they were just crawling with those guys and i didn't want to mess with them mm -hmm. at all now like i'm like oh yeah it's fine like yeah you, so guardian, guardian arrow I let's kill. have fun yes <laughs> it's like wanna, come on let's go. and then i just the um only other thing i have is just how there's no i mean there's there's like objectives to the game like there's four main objectives like basically getting those divine beasts but there's no set order like you can kind of go at it how you want there's no path you actually have to take like yeah. the other games and i would love to see which we'll talk about that in a second but sure. yeah yeah there are go ahead well i was just gonna say there are so few points in this game where the game wants you to do something a certain way there's yeah. all almost always a workaround and that's not something that's super common in the other zelda games and in this one you know there are there are points where in the other games you um you're kind of stuck if you don't accomplish a task or if you don't you know f figure this puzzle out or something there's no point in this game 
or you're just stuck unless yeah. you can't beat one of the Ganons. And that's really the only time you're stuck. Yeah. And even then, you can beat the game without them. I'll, I'll, I'll echo what everyone else said. I had it at number four, and it, that was a little bit nostalgia blind, I think. That's part of why I bumped Ocarina down to four and put Breath at three. For me, the biggest issue with why I don't have it any higher is I, I really miss the dungeons. I really do. Um, and the bosses in the dungeons. Although you do get a lot of fun combat um, out in the world. And, and I want to explore this, this version of Hyrule a good bit more than any other version. And I do like exploring all, almost all of the versions of Hyrule, to be honest. But this is the one that's the most appealing and the most inviting. But I do like seriously miss the dungeons. The shrines to me are like child's play compared to the dungeons. They're fun little like novelties. I like the Happy Meal toy. Like, <laughs> like this is this is neat. Like, okay, but and it's like they thought they could whet your appetite on the amount of them. When really, I'm just like, it's like having a giant bag of candy. When I just wanted like a steak. I just wanted the steak. That's the dungeon. I didn't want a bag of candy. Like a hundred little pieces of candy. Um, that's a weird metaphor, but okay. Um, and the divine beasts are fun, but like to me if they had replaced dungeons with like, like half, so like, even if they, even if you count those as dungeons, you only do them like what one time, there's only four of them. And then even if you count Hyrule castle as a dungeon, that's only five dungeons, which most games have seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> like many more dungeons than that. And so they make up for a lot of that. And the fact that it's a huge giant world is very expansive. There are other things to go and explore instead of dungeons, but they don't, quite hit the same mark that I the same level of satisfaction and the same like they don't scratch the same itch for me. It's a different thing. And so I do still miss that part of the formula. And I think you can do both. I think you can have both, which is part of why like if I thought, you know what, they just couldn't do both. This is impossible. Then then I would be like, oh, this is a cool similar, you know, very similar Zelda thing, but not not a hundred percent the same. And that's fine. Uh, but you can do both. <laughs> so that's part of why I'm like, okay. Also, there's something I love about the combat, but also it's because you, because of the fact that you can just go fight with a stick and go fight with whatever, you, like anything, it almost is like too free to me, which is not really a complaint, but kind of a complaint. I don't know. The stamina system with the weapons can be annoying, but it's not that big of a deal overall. Um it, it feels a lot less Zelda, whereas like you have your main repertoire of items and you have the Master Sword and you don't need to go find a stick to hit somebody with. But like that's a small complaint. If they had done dungeons, I wouldn't have a complaint about I wouldn't complain about the um, weapons or the way that they break or anything like that. So um, I've complained about it because I kind of want to clarify why I have it at number three, but it's an amazing game. It's probably the, my favorite Switch game. So like just to put it in context, the only game that's sucked me in as much as this game sucked me in on the Switch is the new Pokemon Ar Arceus game that like I've been obsessed with on Spring Break. So it's it's in good company um, in terms of the quality of the game. So the only other thing I just randomly remembered this um, the because it's such a small part of the game the the final boss is extremely underwhelming in my opinion like the the actual calamity ganon fight not so much but like is it dark beast ganon is like the very like when you're just out in the field yeah like i, care about that. I felt like Major that could have down. been yeah like it was all this build up to this 
version of Ganon you've never seen before. Yeah. And then all you're doing is just kind of running around a giant shadow pig <laughs> on a horse. You know, on a high note, uh, I meant to mention this with Sky. I, I think Skyward Sword is the best version of Zelda, but I think this is second. And it's a close, close second. Like most of these games, they don't often give Zelda much to do. She's just like a part of the story. Um, and in Skyward Sword, as well as in Breath of the Wild, she's much more active, even though in chunks of both of them, she's captive. But but because of the fact that you get to fill in parts of the, of the past version of the story in Breath of the Wild, she's pretty involved in that. So um, that's a plus to me as well. So um, let's transition from Breath of the Wild into the sequel for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, as they keep calling it, because we don't have a name for it yet. Was supposed to come out. Carson, you're gonna have to help me. Was the original release date like now? Because, or was that always theoretical? Yeah, no. So they said at E3 uh, in this past year, so E3 2021, they said that Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel would be ready for launch holiday of 2022. Okay, so it's always yeah. been the winter of 2022 right yeah and then they just recently pushed it back to spring of next year which to mm-hmm. me i don't care like take your time make a good game and get it to me whenever you're ready it's fine obviously i would like to have it sooner but like whatever that's um, what happened with breath of the wild and look yeah. at what you know the, the payoff was worth. i think i think that was delayed twice also breath of the wild was i think um because it was originally not even supposed to be on the Switch at all. It was supposed to be on just the Wii U. And I think it got, I think it got delayed, I think, twice. At least once, though, whatever. Um, and so we have seen a trailer, or a couple of trailers, actually. And uh, so what do you... One, what are your hopes? What are your predictions? Uh, those two different things. They might be the same for, for you. Might be different, but... Um, Christian, go ahead and start us off. What do you want to see? What do you think we're going to see gameplay-wise, story-wise, whatever your, your thoughts are so far on these trailers and what you think or want the, this next game to be? I think one of the big things that I want that um, was a glaring omission from this game that felt like it needed it was an appearance from Ganondorf. Yeah, me too. That was something that, I mean, we talked about all of the best best boss fights at the end of the game and he's the common element he's you know as much as like ganon is the main antagonist ganondorf the embodiment of him is really what makes makes him a good villain so i want to see that dungeons i there are there are times when playing the game i'm like i wish there was something a little bit more challenging than going in this little hole in the ground and then solving a puzzle and then that's the end yeah um so that when you when you were talking about that that did resonate with me a little bit um then i also think a a tie-in to to skyward or twilight i think is something that would be a good a good reference i mean i think obviously the game already has your breath of the wild has tie-ins to those but one of the things that um I noticed specifically in the trailer is the noise that the master sword makes and it's kind of those li- is it fee 
I don't know if it's fee or five. From fee. <laughs> from if that's right. <laughs> yeah. From from Skyward, but it's like that like last little flicker of life from fee is the same sound that the master sword makes. Mm-hmm. And so some and like just say little little things like that that kind of exp, that kind of expand on the groundwork that's already been laid are what I'm looking for. Cool. Uh, Tyler, what about you? Um, I started to talk about it earlier. Um, I would just love to see them reincorporate dungeons. And I think they could do it in a way that could kind of honor that old format, but keep the, the super open world new format. Like maybe, like, I think it'd be cool to have, like maybe you still get a new item in the dungeon, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, like in, in the other games, you couldn't do one temple before the other because maybe you needed to have the long shot. And so you had to do yeah. the water temple before the shadow temple. Um, but if they had it set up in a way where maybe if you had gotten that item, it might make the other temple easier, but not impossible. You know, yeah. just little things like that where just kind of looking at it in a bigger picture where you can go at it any order you want, but if you plan it out right, it might be easier this way. Yeah. So, but um, that's, that was my main thing is I just, I really need to see the dungeons and, and some uh, like bosses come back. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. Carson. Um, So in terms of predictions, I do, well, they've confirmed that we'll get Skyward Sword tie-ins. So Christian, you're already good there. Um, as a wish Um, but in terms of predictions I think a large part of what the game part of it will revolve around on um, I think they will implement dungeons and I think they the implementation of those dungeons will be by rebuilding the master sword like getting shards because in that clip that we saw the master sword is pretty jacked up and it's like it just like has it's like missing like it's only partially there, like it's missing all these pieces to it. And so I think there'll definitely be Just like a repair process. That yeah. yeah. And so I think and I think they'll do that through dungeons. I think you'll get shards as you go through these dungeons. Um, and then in terms of actual, and I think we will get like either a demise or Ganondorf, more like human type uh, villain iteration for Ganon slash Ganondorf in this. Um, but in terms of what I want, I think really at the end of the day, what I want, although like the dungeon stuff has been mentioned, but I think what I want is a wider variety of gameplay. Um, I th- feel like that maybe is Breath of the Wild's biggest weakness is in that partially is due to dungeons, but it's not just because of the dungeons. Like, sure, like the variety that you get in Breath of the Wild is from scenery but that variety is all in the same like bucket. It's in yeah. the variety of viewership and ex- exploration. I want more variety in terms of gameplay, which I think we'll get that because I think we'll also make, um, I think we'll get a little bit of playable Zelda and different so. like dimension type stuff. And so I think like Zelda's going to be in one area, Link's going to be in another. And I think you're going to be able to kind of use both of them, maybe Zelda with some more like, puzzle related stuff because she has the Sheikah slate um so like maybe her using the Sheikah slate to do dungeon related stuff um and then link um will be your more standard like overworld adventure so i think there'll be i think there will be more variety in gameplay but that is kind of what i'm wanting uh the most yeah i'm, I'm with you 100 um with really honestly what everyone said but 
I mean, I think we need to have dungeons now, even if you do them in a Breath of the Wild kind of way, if that makes any sense. But uh, even if they're like Divine Beasts, in, in terms of not like literally, but in terms of the size and the design and that kind of thing, I'm okay with that, but give me more than four then. Um, you know, especially if they're going to be smaller, because the Divine Beast, part of the problem with it is that they're also shorter typically than most dungeons and other Zelda games. So they're easier, they're shorter, they're fewer of them. So, it, you know, that lack of dungeons isn't just like a, well, they're not there. It's like, well, they're also, what there is, there is fewer and shorter and easier. So, um, but for this one, we know we're going to the sky. So I'm curious if that will be like where the dungeons are. Uh, we know that like the ground itself may be changing on the old map because of the shot we have of castle coming up out of the sky and that kind of thing um, from the trailer. So I want them to find a way to story-wise to like change the map to some extent, but also give us the sky. So we have a bigger map. It's not just the same old thing over again. We get dungeons. I do want playable Zelda. Um, and I just want another good story in this world. Like this uh, story, while it isn't, maybe it's my favorite story, it's high up there. And it's one that I want to see more of. And we have to see some cool stuff in the Hyrule Warriors game. It's like a spinoff game, which is a cool story and a cool game. But the way that it ends up working out is kind of an alternate reality, an alternate dimension. And so it created more interest for me in this, in this timeline, but it also splits off. So the story from that game doesn't really matter. <laughs> but the sequel will matter. So it's also like, I mean, Majora... It is a sequel, but it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's officially like, whatever a sequel. This is maybe the only time we've had a real, true, direct sequel, and so I just want to see that story continue and progress um, in a natural way, but also expand. Which I think we're gonna get that. I mean, them being them being underground in the trailer also excites me because we can, maybe we can go underground and in the sky, so we get a lot of variety there, which I think will be really cool. So. That's variety is a big thing too. So I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that. Anything else? Uh, hopes and predictions and whatever else for this sequel. I think one other quick prediction that they leaned into really heavily in Breath of the Wild is Zelda's connection to the Triforce. Yeah, but not Link's. And the yeah. Triforce is three parts. So we saw hers, but there wasn't any really connection to the Triforce of Courage with Link or with power with Ganondorf. So those are the two missing pieces. So something completing that trifecta, I think will also factor in heavily. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, guys. Well, I think that just about wraps things up for us. Thank you um, all for joining me, some big Zelda fans. And uh, you can reach out to Carson to complain about him not being a fan of the old games. But like, honestly, none of us even gave a hoot about like the super old games like links like link Two and uh legend of zelda on the, on the nes so it's 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 all good so uh thanks for joining us and we'll have you guys back on again for something else probably nerdy because that's basically 95 percent of what i do here anyways so but uh reach out on instagram let me know if you're a fan of zelda what your favorite games are maybe you disagree or, or agree with somebody one of their one of their positioning on one of these, um, uh, of one of these games. And maybe you're looking forward to 
Breath of the Wild sequel, like we all are. So reach out on Instagram at shady underscore buffalo underscore podcast. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. I love Jesus and Batman. I love Jesus and Batman. I love Jesus and Batman because they're really cool, really cool, really cool. Hey, I love Jesus and Batman. I love Jesus and Batman. I love Jesus and Batman because they're really cool, really cool, really cool.